Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Tara Tuttle and with me is Rebecca Mazzino and together we're going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hello and welcome to this week's episode and welcome especially to those of you listening in Denmark. Thank you for joining us. We love having you here. This week we are continuing with our wardrobe month and we are talking about decluttering and organising your wardrobe. There will be a few references to our last episode. So if you haven't listened to the psychology of your wardrobe episode, which was last week, I encourage you to listen to that first. It might just sort of help set the the scene a little bit. Uh, But we're going to be diving into your wardrobe today and pulling it apart putting it back together again. That's it. I think this episode will, all the episodes we do this month, will be good to revisit on occasion. And you may listen to them all and then come back and pick the pieces out that you need to revisit depending when Mm. you need to. So we want to start today's episode talking about how you declutter your wardrobe, the questions you ask yourself and the methods you go through. And then we're going to talk about ways to organize it and sort it and put it back together. Later in the month, we're going to talk about capsule wardrobes and things like that. So there might be things you pull out of that, that you come back and revisit this. But um, Mm. today we will just, we'll crack into decluttering and hopefully with a bit of understanding from last week's why you own what you own, you can start taking a few things out. Yeah, we sort of went back and forth on deciding what order to do these episodes in. And uh, so, we, yeah, I think the conclusion is that that there could be any order <laughs> and that we're going to be referencing all of them in all of them, basically. And so we apologise if we uh, mm. say the same thing over in a couple <laughs> of episodes, but it was really hard to, to segment them. And mm. it's, you know, it is a big all-encompassing topic. So, yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to kick us off with a statistic. Yay for stats. (laughs) Most of us wear 20% of our clothing 80% of the time. And I'm doing a big hallelujah in my (laughs) office right now because that is so true. So that, if for no other reason, is a good reason to declutter. You know, it's that whole Pareto principle, 2080 you know, mm. there's this little chunk of our wardrobe that we wear most of the time. Why do we have so much stuff? Yes. So if we're decluttering, Beck, how would you how would you kick it off? How would you start it? Okay. Uh, first of all, don't try and do it all at once. That's probably the first warning that quite often it's a mistake that people made try make trying to do all their wardrobe at once and they end up with a big mess. And especially if you're following sort of Marie Kondo's everything out on the bed kind of method, that can end up a little bit problematic if you're rather busy and you've only got about an hour to deal with it all. So first of all, chop it up into little sections and and do it little bit by little bit. You can try and make it fun. You might want to pair up with a friend. So, you know, someone who is a similar sort of personality um, to you, I guess, or uh, someone who sort of isn't necessarily going to just try and take over and someone who's going to be honest with you about your clothes would be a really good person to have with you. Or you can hire a professional, so either a professional organiser or some stylist do wardrobe audits as well. So getting someone else in to help you out is a good start. Yeah, and make sure the person is not someone who is going to only 
recommend you are left with the items in your wardrobe that they would wear. Yeah. <laughs> um, you need someone that will give you honest feedback but also someone that knows you well enough mm. to say, look, I know that used to be your style but that doesn't really reflect you anymore rather than saying, yeah, keep those tight leather pants. I would totally mm. wear them. You should wear them. Yeah. <laughs> or I really like that skirt. You should get that skirt. I remember going shopping with my friend, one of my best friends, and we went, we were in Melbourne having a little shopping or Sydney having a shopping weekend and I'd saved up and hadn't bought clothes for ages and there was this skirt that I fell in love with and I kept going back to it and I showed it to Christy and she made a face like, ooh, gross, and I went, oh, okay, and then I put it back <laughs> and then I went back to it again and I went back to it and eventually I just took it and I said, I'm buying this and she sort of shrugged as if to say, you know, you know that's your problem because <laughs> she didn't <laughs> like it at all. And then, you know, it's turned out to be a skirt that I wear constantly, constantly. And I remember her commenting once on one of my Instagram posts saying, hey, I'm really glad I made you buy that skirt. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, lucky I ignored you actually, otherwise I would never have got it. But sometimes our friends can have different ideas of, of uh, whether they, they like something or not. And um, so they need, to, they need to sort of put that aside when helping you declutter your wardrobe because it's not about what they like and what, what they don't like. It's about you and how comfortable you are. So, yeah, that's something you have to keep in mind too. Yeah. Yeah. And be mindful of the friend that says, oh, no, you don't need that anymore. I'll take that off your hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember when I first started out doing decluttering and one of my dear friends, I said to her, I've not done a wardrobe, but I need I need to practice before I go and do this for anyone. Can we do yours? Oh, my goodness. So we said, right, we'll do it, start Friday morning. And we did the pull everything out. And in some ways it was great because I had a big walk-in wardrobe and there was just, you couldn't appreciate the space. And we reorganised, rehomed stuff the way, we, you know, and it was great to get that fresh eyes. We cleaned it all out, dusted it, everything was great. But it was, there was a wall of clothing in her room and it took mm. us oh, 12 or 13 hours by midnight that night wow. when we were sitting there with, couple of bottles of champagne (laughs) and we're like still going but it was amazing Mm. but I um I remember her saying I'd be like yeah you know look you've got six black cardigans I don't think you need that many why don't and she's like oh well look you know this one would fit you why don't you take I'm like no this is not what I'm (laughs) here for I'm not here to take home your stuff that you're getting rid of so but it was it was good fun but we both you know had similar ideas of of what the outcome should be as well. So Mm. I think be, and that's why I think a lot of people will get professionals in for wardrobes because it's, it's nice to have an objective opinion as long as they, Mm. they respect your, your style and your thoughts, but also then there's no um, attachment. I've decluttered Mm. with a daughter and a mother once. And as the daughter was saying, yeah, I never wear this. Then the mother would chime in with, but I bought that for you and I spent a lot of money on that. And yeah. I was like, that is not being helpful. <laughs> <laughs> that advice isn't appreciated. Out you go. Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes other people have have ideas on, on what you should keep yeah. and what you shouldn't. So, um, yeah, you don't want the guilt factor. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I think the whole everything out is nice when you have. If you've got the time. Heaps of time to mm. sort it. But otherwise, yeah. I think section by section is really good. Yeah. I mean, especially if we're talking about just decluttering, because 
obviously when you're organising, you do need to pull things out so that you can put them back in different places. But when you're just decluttering, all you're really doing is just removing the things that are unwanted. And so you can easily do that section by section. And occasionally you'll run into some issues. Like there's been the odd client where we're doing one section and we've found five pairs of black jeans and they say they want to declutter some of them, but they're like, but I know there's three more somewhere else. And so then we've had to pull out another section at the same time so that we can mm-hmm. then um, she can then has the context to be able to choose the the four favorite pairs of black jeans and get rid of the other four or something so um, but most of the time you can just do it section by section and um, and with hanging the way I start with hanging with decluttering for clients is I don't actually take anything out of the wardrobe to begin with we just go to one end of the hanging and we just look at each item one at a time and it's wanted or it's unwanted and if it's wanted, it stays in the wardrobe. And if it's unwanted, it gets removed and, and bagged up. And then once you've done all of the removing, you can go back and then rearrange and organise. And so that's pretty much what I do with with hanging clothes is I just weed it, um, just pull out the unwanted ones one at a time. And then, then you've got a little bit more room to, to breathe um, to then move stuff around later for reorganising or for another cull. Yeah, I respect that approach but I have a but. <laughs> I knew there was a but. <laughs> I I feel, and maybe I've been Marie Kondoed, but I feel like physically handling your items and putting them back is tougher or maybe makes you more critical than just taking things out. Like if you look through oh, yeah. your wardrobe, it's easy to leave something hanging there. That's true. Where if you have taken everything out, so it's almost like everything is going the default position is it's going unless I choose to put it back. I feel like you make some tougher decisions Mm. rather than saying, assuming everything is in the wardrobe and everything is staying and I'm just choosing what goes. Yes, I like that. And I feel like there's a bit of a a shift. Yeah, I agree with that actually. And so perhaps you could combine those methods where if Mm. you don't have enough space in your room, because quite often the everything out doesn't work when you've got a room full of clutter as well, bedroom full of clutter. Yeah. And so perhaps you could maybe do one first run of weeding and then bring out chunks mm-hmm. at a time to go yep. back in again perhaps, yeah, to give you some more space. I like when I'm decluttering, you know, when I've got a section out So, um, and when I do this with uh, clients or have done it with clients previously, you know, create some zones or piles mm. or areas to sort your items into. So usually I I limit it to four. I'm not sure what you do, Beck, but I usually have a keep pile or the keep, if it's not a pile, goes straight back into the yeah. cupboard um, unless you're going to reorganise it on its way back in. So a keep, donate, trash and sell. Yep, that's pretty much for you? what I yeah. have to. Yep. I uh, tried to back in the day when I was uh, doing lots of wardrobes, I tried to make it a little bit more interesting for people so I would ask them so I had three big tubs the keep we would put back and then I would have three big tubs one for donate one for trash and one for sell and to give it a bit more personality I put pictures on my tubs so my donate tub I put a picture of Princess Diana the you know princess of charities and charitable giving so we would be like you know what about this um jumper what do you think i will give that to princess diana that would and it would just become part of the conversation 
Mm. The trash one, we were, depending on the person's preferences and who they thought a trashy celebrity was, quite often it would be like Paris Hilton or someone <laughs> like that. And we'd put a picture of Paris Hilton on the trash one and we'd be like, okay, what are we doing with this, you know, pair of jeans with a broken zipper and a hole in the crotch? Yeah, give them to Paris, you know, as in <laughs> she can take the trash. And then the cell, we'd do like, Jennifer Lopez or someone like that who was a bit of a rags to riches story. So anything that you were going to try and make money out of, we would uh, give to JLo. So that was a way I used to try and spice it up. So if you're doing it with your friend and trying to turn it into something fun, you could always come up with your uh, your charity queen, your uh, trashy mm. celebrity and a rags to riches story. Stick a picture of each of those people on your tubs and um, try and make it fun and give <laughs> your fun. items away. Yeah. Sometimes there'll be an, another category as well, which would be uh, hand hand down. So rather than donate in general, there might be someone like a sister or someone like that who's recently come into that size or needs new clothes or something like that. And then there's often a, a bag for them as well. Yeah, I would suggest being cautious about giving people clothes Without. Yeah, they have to have asked for them or they have to need them. Don't yeah. just try and give it or, to them. Yeah. Or even say, I, you know, I've put aside two bags of clothes for you. Please come around this weekend and pick out what you want because I know that quite often um, when someone gives you a bag of clothes, and I remember this from my childhood, I had a <clears throat> second cousin who's like the only other girl child in the family and she had no younger sister so her hand-me-downs would come to me and I'd, you know, say to my mum, oh, that's not really my style or I don't like the colour of that or whatever. And she'd say, yeah, but they gave it to us so, you know, you're kind of obligated mm. to wear it. <laughs> and and I, you don't want to pass that. If you don't want this item anymore, you don't want to pass the guilt onto someone else. No. <clears throat> so get them to come and choose and then whatever they don't want, then part with. But but just yeah. be mindful of, of not just transferring clutter from your house to their house yeah exactly and if you are putting stuff aside for someone make sure it's like I said something they've asked for or they need or that you know suits their style so they don't have to go through too many and make sure you tell them that you're more than happy if they don't take anything because you don't want them cluttered up because one of those things that it sort of goes back to that episode on freebies that we did is that you know they're less likely to respect that item they're less likely to wear it uh, all of those things if it's a freebie so it needs to be very carefully given not just given yeah and there are some people that can't cope with the idea of letting go of items but they feel like if they give them to someone there's Mm you know, there's less guilt attached to it for them in letting go, but you're really just putting the burden onto someone. Yeah, someone else. Someone else. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think when you're decluttering, ask yourself some tough questions about duplicates. You know, if you have, if you have many items the same and you can justify them. So I have many pairs of jeans, <laughs> but I wear a lot of jeans and I don't, I have enough pairs of jeans that and because I iron my jeans and I know that Beck is like inwardly groaning as I, I find say that, that hilarious. <laughs> so because I will wear jeans and then wash them and then they go in my ironing pile and they might not be ironed for a week or two. I have enough pairs of jeans that if I don't iron for a couple of weeks, I can wear jeans most days and mm. be fine. 
but I get to the point where I go, okay, it's time to iron now because I've run out, <laughs> I've run out of jeans. Mm. But if you if you never run out, if you have an ending supply of black work trousers mm. and you never get through them all without needing to wash or, or get close to that point of of I need to wash or I need to iron because I've run out of black trousers, then oh, ask yourself if you need them all. And usually you have favourites unless yeah. they're all oh, identical. Sure. And you often don't know how many you've got. I, when I first started as well, I, I was with doing a wardrobe for a friend similar to you and while she was sitting on the bed chatting, I counted, just went through her wardrobe and I just counted the number of black work pants and I turned around to her when I finished and I said, so how many black work pants do you think you have? And she said, oh, too many. And I said, how many? And she said, oh, probably 15. And I said, you have 27 pairs. Whoa. She had no idea. She had, had no idea. And and. The reason why she had no idea is because they weren't all stored together. She didn't have them organised. So they were just randomly stuck in all of the hanging areas and uh, she'd never had them all together. So, you know, it's it's interesting that we can definitely forget how many duplicates we have, especially if our wardrobe ends up disorganised. And so, you know, once you figure out how many you have, then you can say, right, how many do I need? How many can I survive with? quite happily and comfortably and, and all of that. See, I wear jeans most days as well, but I only have four, three pair, I think, and there, there's two pairs still in there that I've got to send to Christy because I've gotten too wide for them, but they're just waiting until I see her. But um, the other ones that I do wear, there's only, only three pair, but I actually wear jeans almost every day. So for me, it's I, I, I couldn't possibly leave them in the wash and quite often I'm going out to the line um, and taking them off and throwing them straight on <laughs> from the line because um, they're the only ones that I have to wear. So um, it's really good that I don't iron. I don't have to do that extra step. It's funny. I have there is a pair of jeans now and I think it's time for me to part with them. Mm. And the reason I know that is because they're the always the last ones there. The ones on the bottom of the pile, yeah. <laughs> and they are the and they I used to really love the color, but over the last few years as they've faded, I've not it's like they've faded really stripy, you know, oh, like the yeah. denim like runs yeah. vertically. And I put them on sometimes and go, geez, these look like patterned stripy pants. You know, they're mm. really striped. And that was they weren't that way when I bought them. That's just the way they've faded. Mm. And I'm, I've fallen out of love with them and I feel myself going, oh, what, do I just iron or do I wear them? And it's like that's a pretty clear indication mm. that they need to, uh, need to go. They need to, yeah. need to go. But, um, yeah, duplicates is an issue. Yeah, it really is. And and the thing is, you know, how many are enough is the perfect question with duplicates. How many are enough jeans that I don't run out and that I can fit them comfortably in my wardrobe without ending up in a mess? And that's, you know, the main question to ask. But there's heaps of other questions to ask yourself when you're addressing each of your clothes. Do you want to go through some of those, Tara? Yeah, and look, we will put a list of these on the website. We don't expect you to be madly scratching them all down, but they're <laughs> really key questions to ask yourself as you work through things section by section item by item so the first one in is pretty obvious when was the last time I wore this mm. if you can't remember uh, that's a bit of a red flag yeah. unless it is something like if it's your wedding dress well you probably remember when you last wore that but <laughs> you know or a really a formal dress or sentimental something. item or a ball gown or something mm. that 
might be fine. If it's something that you won't ever wear again, then it probably shouldn't be hanging in your wardrobe. You should find Mm. a better place to store that. Mm. So the next question is, when will I wear it again? So if there's a, you know, I have a number of ball gowns and I can't always remember when I wore them last, but I have a couple that are very classic that probably won't go out of fashion for a long time, but I kind of have them on rotation. So I think when was the last time I wore that? when will I wear it again? Yeah, probably in the next year or two. So um, I'm okay with that. Mm. But if it's if it's a jumper and you can't think of the last time you yeah. wore it, then, yeah, you it's not a special occasion item. Yeah, yeah. And this is the thing. If if I sort of – there's a lot of people talk about that whole rule of, oh, if I haven't worn it in 12 months, throw it away. If I hadn't – if I threw away things I hadn't worn in 12 months, I'd have, like, nothing fancy. <laughs> <laughs> for when I need something fancy because I like very rarely dress up. Um, we don't go anywhere really formal. And um, and so all anything that I've got that's particularly fancy, I don't even own a ball gown um, because I don't need one. I've never you been to. You mine. Oh, I'll yeah. Post well, them over. Exactly. Um, and, um, yeah, so it's sort of I don't dress up really dress up very much at all and the on the odd occasion that I do I tend to borrow something off a friend um Mm. just because I figure what's the point of buying something I'll never you know you wear it again so so yeah I I can't ask myself that question so for me the question is you know am I going to wear this again and and do I have enough of this particular category of belonging that I'm not going to get caught out um and so for me there's the sort of the more dressy dressy dresses and I do have you know a couple of those uh, and I can't remember last time I wore them and I don't know whether I'll wear them in the future but at least it's a you know I'm not going to get caught out without them um, but I certainly yeah. you can't use that rule for that otherwise I wouldn't have anything nice <laughs> mm. well the another question that is key is would I buy it today if I saw it in store mm. so there are things that we buy and we feel like we've invested and so we keep on to uh, keep holding on to them because we feel like we sunk the money into them and that by holding on to it we recoup some of that value but if you're not wearing it and then you think right today if I saw that hanging there would I buy it no then might be a good one for the uh Mm. for the donate pile j-lo j-lo pile (laughs) (laughs) uh what are some other questions back is it me? Does it represent my current sense of style? And we'll go into this more in, in a later episode this month. But, you know, if it doesn't fit with the the current way you want to represent yourself, that your current style, then that's probably another indication that it can go. Let's say, for example, you've changed careers and you used to wear suits all the time and now you're a teacher and you wear, you know, slightly more casual stuff. Uh, and you're not getting out in the really high heels and the suits, then, you know, maybe those suits don't fit your current lifestyle anymore or your current sense of style and, uh, and maybe they could could go as well. So, you know, is this me who I am now or is this an old me? One question I use um, and I use this quite recently when I decluttered a lot of my scarves is will someone else get more pleasure out of this than me and mm. That can be a big one when you're getting, when you get really stuck and it's, you know, you've got a maybe item and you think, well, I would probably wear it again. It's not, you know, my top 20 list, but, Mm. you know, I don't hate it and it still fits and it's still functional. So for me, that 
difficult zone with scarves because I love a good scarf, but I had a lot of scarves. And, you know, my winter scarves, great, beautiful, lovely and cosy, but I have plenty of them. So then some of the ones that I was like, oh, do I, don't I, I'm sure I'll wear it again if it's here. But then I think, well, would someone else get more pleasure out of this than me? Someone who is cold, someone that has Mm. no scarves Mm. is going to get a heck of a lot more pleasure out of that beautiful mohair scarf than I will wearing it once a season. Mm. So that for me was a real tipping point when I asked myself that question and that got me parting with a lot more things that Mm, I can justify, you know, other ways. And when you think of the potential pleasure that someone else has, and if you could imagine seeing someone wearing that, getting pleasure out of it, and that fills you with a bubble of goodness, then it's like, yeah, can let that one go as well. Mm, That's a great motivator. With clients, we often find piles of things to repair. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's all done in, in, with well-meaning intentions, but quite often that pile of stuff to fix or to repair never ever gets fixed or repaired and quite often because it's taken you so long to get them repaired you've ended up buying a replacement item for them so then you have the replacement item and you have the damaged item that's waiting to be repaired as well and uh, you're just taking up twice the amount of space with this idea that you know you should get it repaired you want to get it repaired but are you really going to is probably the question yeah and I think kind of quite similar to that question is the question about is it too much effort to wear it so you know those beautiful shirts that are a real killer to iron and so you Mm. think especially if you don't iron before you put away and you have that shirt hanging in your wardrobe and it's all crinkled and you think I'd love to wear that but I can't be bothered ironing it (laughs) and then so it doesn't get worn because you can't be bothered or you'll you'll wear it wash it and then it'll sit in your bottom of your ironing basket for six months because mm. every time you do the ironing you go oh I can't face that today <laughs> you've got items like that that are not practical like if you cannot be bothered going to the effort of fixing an item or you cannot be bothered going to the effort of ironing or maintaining the item the way it should be maintained like hand washing and things like that mm. then let it go because there are people out there that will use that item and treasure that item and and care for it, fix it, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So just check yourself with that one. Yeah. And, you know, do you, does it fit you and does it feel good on? Um, Quite a lot of the stuff that we keep doesn't actually fit properly and it's usually the stuff that we've bought on sale uh, because we haven't paid enough attention to how perfect it is for us because it was a bargain. But, you know, quite often there's, you know, there's the, the jeans that, they give you a wedgie. There's the um, the bra that digs in at, on one side, um, and there's you know just some of those little things that the the fit isn't isn't quite right, and or it's just not comfortable for you. And and those kinds of ones, you know, quite often those are the things that you'll put them on, but then you'll take them off before you leave the house. If you ever do that with an item of clothing, then it needs to go on notice because it means that you're probably going to do that over and over and over again. And it's just taking up space in your wardrobe. So do you, do you feel like, you know, it's fitting you well and that you feel really comfortable and, and good in it? And, and that's sort of great question and to ask. And do you love it? 
You know, sometimes there are some things that you just love, even though they're a little bit tatty or they're, they don't quite fit properly, they might be a bit too big or, or something like that. But if you really love them and you still feel great wearing them, then, you know, they get to stay as well. And there, I'm going to touch on that point a bit next week when we talk about Project 333 and mm. a the Minimalism Wardrobe Challenge. Having a wardrobe of stuff that you love is an amazing feeling because you can probably, listening to this, think of those couple of items in your wardrobe that you love, you really love. They would be, they mm. would be a hell yes if you were sorting your wardrobe right yeah, now. There'd be heroes. no question. Mm. And like, the idea that you could have an entire wardrobe of hell yeses mm-hmm. is a pretty phenomenal thought. I mean, I don't have that. There are items in my wardrobe still that are not hell yeses, but mm. I think the concept of that is pretty exciting. Yeah. So don't overlook the fact that you should love it. Yeah. And I've been working for years on this myself and that we're going to, again, do an episode this month about an intentional wardrobe that uh, is pretty much the method that I used to get to the point where everything in my wardrobe is one of my favourite items of clothing and everything is a hell yeah and everything is worn and and I'm more like I wear 80% of my wardrobe 80% of the time rather than 20% of it. So, you know, there's you can get to that point where everything is a hell yeah. It just takes a little bit of time. But we'll teach you how to do that later in the month. So that covers decluttering. And like we said, some of the other topics on the other episodes will feed into Mm. decluttering. But that gives you a bit of an indication of how you you could go about it and some of the things you could ask yourself. So once you have, imagine you've got yourself to that point where you only have the items left that you love, that you want to keep. And you need to start putting them back into your wardrobe. So now we want to move into the way to organise our wardrobes. So how would you sort clothes, Beck? How do you sort your clothes? Um, mine are sorted by type for the most part. So I have jeans on one shelf. I have um, casual, um, sort of housey workout gear on another shelf. I have all my coats together in the hanging section. I have all my dresses together, have all my tops and all my knits um, all grouped together or T-shirts, short sleeve separate from long sleeve. So mine are all by type. And you can go by type. You can also, if you wanted to go by colour, you could. You could go by occasion. So there are a lot of people that I've worked with that have had work gear separate from casual gear separate from nice gear, for example. And so they sort of think, this is my going out for dinner section. This is my going to work section. This is my going shopping section. This is my hanging out at home section. So that's another way that you can sort as well. And um, by, I've said colour, haven't I? Um, mm, but they're yeah, the main I, ones. I kind of have mine as a assortment of all three. So I have mm. my occasion wear. So my ball gowns are they hang at one end of the wardrobe because they're all long and they stay together and they've got, you know, dust covers on them. Mm. And then I have T-shirts and activewear folded together on a shelf. But other than those two sections, everything else hangs and it's all by colour. So mine is, (laughs) those of you that know me and some of my... uh, Perfectionist tendencies. (laughs) Yeah, some of my perfectionist tendencies would know that I... (laughs) One end of my wardrobe is black and then it fades all the way to white at the other end. Um, And it's easy for my, because I only wear about five colours. So there's like a chunk of black, Mm. a chunk of denim that goes into blue, orange, green and white. 
And that's it. That's my wardrobe. So you've done um, the same yeah, as me. Color works. You've really like narrowed your palette right down. It's so helpful, and we'll talk about that in um, the intentional wardrobe episode. But it just makes shopping so much easier, doesn't it? And organizing. Mm-hmm. I don't have mine sorted by color much, really. I don't have enough clothes. I've got a small section, so of hanging tops. So uh, I don't sort them by color because I can see them all in one glance. Yeah. So if I want to wear jeans. My black jeans will be in with my black clothes. My blue jeans or denim jeans oh. are in with the denim section. My orange jeans are with my orange clothes. Yeah. My white jeans are with my white clothes. So I don't have. So you're mostly by to, colour. Mm. Yeah. So I used to go, all my jeans are here, and then I'd colour code that section. Mm. But it was, for me, that's not the way I dress myself. I don't, yeah. I dress myself by colour. I will go. What do I feel like wearing? I feel like having a bright day. So I might grab my orange jeans and then I think what is most likely to go with this will either be navy or black or white and then I look at those sections for the tops and that's the way my mind works where other people will go, right, I need a bottom. So here are the skirts and the pants. I'll pick Mm. one of those and here are the tops, you know. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the way I go. I sort of go, what do I feel like wearing today? And it'll be either a top or a bottom that jumps out at me of like, oh, I haven't worn that for a while. I'd really like to wear that. And then I get a top or a bottom to, you know, ultimately to match that then from there. So mm-hmm. I, once I've picked out a pair of jeans and I decide, you know, I mean, I don't have many jeans. Like I've got at the moment I only have two pair that don't have holes in them. And um, so my blue pair and my black pair and that's it. And then I've got another couple of pairs, a grey pair and a green pair that have both got holes in them so I sort of wear them for dirty work but that's about it and um but yeah so it's sort of for me it's like am I going with blue bottoms or black bottoms mm-hmm. and in winter I won't wear skirts so it's pretty yeah. much always just head for the jeans and then from there I go okay so now I need a top to wear with my whether my black ones and I, or a top to wear with my blue ones so I go to the top section from from there so yeah and that's the way that's why I love the idea of, of just being able to organize your wardrobe based on how you think and how you go looking for things you know that's what people ask me all the time where should I store this and my question back to them is where are you going to go looking for it and what's the questions that you ask in your mind so you know yours is perfectly organized for the questions you ask in your mind and I mean, mm. mine's mine is for me so do you have a preference then for folding items over hanging? If you said you didn't you don't have a lot of hanging, are you more of a folding person? I don't have a lot of hanging because I just don't have the space. So it's actually not mm-hmm. that I don't have a lot of, clo- of a lot of hanging. It's that I don't have a lot of clothes in general. So I don't hang my T-shirts because I just don't have room to. And so they're all folded. I did have them. I've recently experimented with the Marie Kondo stacking them up in a drawer method mm-hmm. and I hate it and so I've like the last four days when I've gone to grab a t-shirt out I've gone oh I need to change this because I just hate it they you have to have the entire drawer full for them to not bunch up and flop about and I don't have enough t-shirts to fill up the whole drawer and so I stuck this little storage container which had some belts and accessories and stuff and push that up against it and it just annoys me so I'm not doing that anymore I'm going to stand them up again back on the shelf and the and so I've sort of I don't do that anymore but the things that are hanging up are um my nice my nicer tops that aren't sort of t-shirt based or um the like the button down shirts and things like that so basically things that I really need to iron 
um, will go up in my hanging space, but I really don't have much room there at all. So um, most of my knits and all my T-shirts all get folded. Well, so I do like the Marie Kondo stacking our folding method so they all stand up on their ends. So I only have T-shirts and knits and do I have anything else? Uh, active wear, but I use that that um, stacked method. I we've got some shelving, and you couldn't you couldn't I wouldn't have enough clothes to fill the entire because the shelves are quite wide and quite deep. But there are these really cool, cheap little fabric storage boxes that you can get from IKEA, and they mm. stack really nicely together. I'll see if I can find a link. I think you pay about in Australia you pay about ten dollars for a set of five or six of them I have them all sit next to each other so my t-shirts are all stacked in one of those active wear in another one like um, yoga pants and stuff in another one knits are in another one and then they all sit together on my on my shelves but I like that I can see them all Mm. because I do like that too and that's why I'm going to move them out of the drawers because I'm not going to stack them up one on top of the other in the drawers because then can't see what's in the bottom. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to move my active wear down into my drawer because I can rifle through that relatively happily because it doesn't matter if they get a bit bunched up or messed up. And then I'm going to stack my T-shirts up one on top of each other at the front of the shelving, um, which is what I used to do and now I'm going back to it because <laughs> I really don't like that the other way. Hmm. Well, and I think that's the thing. There's no hard and fast rules. I know lots mm. of people are jeans stackers. Yep. And then, well, I will hang my jeans, but for me that's because we have like quite a large walk-in wardrobe and I have so much more hanging space than yeah. I have shelf space. Yeah. So I just hang I hang stuff that I wouldn't, you know, normally hang if I had if yeah. I didn't have as much hanging space. So try something, see how if it doesn't work for you then just yeah do something else and you just sometimes you just have to work with the space you've got you know some people have like me have don't have a great deal of hanging space you know you need to fold a little bit more than what you would otherwise and some people just hate hanging all together and prefer to fold my daughter she hates hanging stuff she we actually bought she wanted to buy a chest of drawers to go inside her wardrobe where the hanging spot is and so we did that and she just folds everything she's so much happier that way and uh, so, so you have personal preferences as well and so you kind of work a combination of with the space that you've been given to work with and the way you prefer to work and you come up with your own way yeah I would love to know if any of you out there uh, rollers if you roll your clothes I know my mum used to always tell me that was the best way to pack to avoid creasing yeah and I roll like for packing get... yeah yeah I roll for packing but I don't I don't roll for storage but no. I'd be interested to hear if anyone did so please let us know in our community if you're a clothes roller and how yeah. it works for you yeah I roll my sheets and towels oh no not the towels anymore because the drawer's not deep enough but I roll my sheets just because of the depth of my drawer well, yeah, I don't, I don't roll anything. So there you go. So to, like we were saying, depending on the space you've got, you've really got to see what works for you and what works for the space. And if you Google wardrobe organising, there's thousands upon thousands of millions posts and Pinterest, you know, pins and blogs and all sorts. And have a look at there's some really cool options out there and ideas. It doesn't have to cost you a lot of money to change the way that you're storing things. Sometimes it can be, you know, repurposing a few 
old shoeboxes and just, you know, changing the, the position of things. So when you're reorganising, make sure the things that you use regularly you've got easy access to, obviously, and then those harder to get to spots might be the places that you put things that you only wear on occasion or mm. the, the out-of-season wear. So, you know, your ski clothes, don't hang them in your, your prime real estate, put them right at the top or right at the bottom or, or at the side that's hard to get to because there's a there's a door in the way or something like that. I would also say as well maybe try when you're organising, clean as you go, you know, dust mm. your shelves, vacuum the, the little crevices, make sure it's really nice and tidy. If you've got, um, you know, exposed timber, put some um, draw inserts or some repurpose some fabric or some wrapping paper or something like that to protect your clothes from from sometimes raw timber you know you can snag threads on and things like Mm. that so so get creative about the way you make your stuff work for you and and find it a you know a good clean home in your wardrobe yeah so one of the things that I chat to clients a lot about are hangers and I have pretty strong feelings on hangers <laughs> and mm. none of my clients will be surprised to hear this. Um, Ooh, but I hope they're the same as mine, else it might be. We, yeah, we might be able to have a, hangers a war. lovely fun argument here. Um, so wire hangers, I hate wire hangers. Whew. Yeah, okay. they get Good. rough, they snag, they catch, they're thin, which means people cram 3,000 items of clothing in one small tiny Hanging they spot. destroy your clothes. They misshape your clothes. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Ugh. They're gross. So our our collective um, recommendation is to just get rid of them. Just stick them in the recycling. Just go, go, go. Um, another type of hanger that you can get are the plastic ones. And sometimes they're quite handy because they'll often come with little grooves or hooks for putting things in that might normally slide off your hanger. So they're they're quite good for that but again they're not my recommendation because they're thin and I'll tell you about that in a minute the flocked ones so the velvety ones that are quite thin um, there's a particular brand do you know the one I'm talking about is it pink lily oh and they yeah I think so and they have like a like it's like it's shrink wrapped like a velvet yeah or you know fabric-y stuff around the yeah, and Around, so it's essentially a, a metal wire hanger. Yeah, with velvet. Yeah, with um some flocking over the top of it so that it sort of holds mm-hmm. your clothes on, which is really cool. I really like how your your clothes grip to that, which is really good. But that those have their drawbacks as well, um, because again they're quite thin. And I've had a few clients that have said, "I bought those ones because they're really thin. And I can heap, fit heaps in my wardrobe." And then you know I have to sort of say to them. That's actually not as good as you think it is because when you can cram, like if you if you imagine the, the hanging rod and then you imagine all of the hangers that you've got hung up and the amount of space that each hanger takes up is quite narrow. So if you imagine that you've got as many as can fit in your hanging space and they'll be actually, they'll be right up against each other at the the hooks that go over the the rail are right up against each other. They're jammed up against each other. And then if you look down further, you'll find the clothes are all jammed up against each other. So when you have a full 
hanging section when you're using thin, narrow hangers, you're actually overfilling it with clothes and the clothes end up all bunched together. You're more likely to get moths in there. You're more likely to need to re-iron it when you take it out. You're more likely to get it I, I was going to say it's just given me like a headache even She's, contemplating having clothes that close together because yeah. I'm like all the time you spend ironing them yeah. then they'll all be creased. Exactly. And, you know, whereas if you use my favourite type of hanger, which is the wooden hangers, they are shaped in a certain way that prevents you from bunching them up basically. So you almost literally you cannot get them to squish together the actual clothes. You can squish together the the wooden parts, the top shoulder parts. Um, they can get it squished together. And I know that mine are all kind of touching because I've got as many in the space as I can fit. But my clothes, they still, you know, when you when you run your hands across your hanging clothes, they should swing. Yeah, the, the swishability factor. And if they're not swinging and instead they're making like a thwack, thwack, thwack sound, <laughs> then there's too many in there and they're all jammed up together. And so one of the best ways is to use wooden hangers to force you to keep a, a helpful volume in there. That's my stance anyway. Yeah, I like that. We have wooden hangers. I have the plastic ones with the little grippy bits for the kids mm, because we went through that mm. you know when there's the teeny tiny kids hangers that you get with like baby clothes mm. and then my kids and because both my kids have you know decent sized wardrobes with plenty of hanging we were hanging a lot of their stuff and then their the neck holes get too big for the teeny tiny hangers mm. but you you know, I feel like I was stretching out their clothes trying to get them on the the really big ones. And so we kind of I went to the plastic ones because of the size and because because they have the grippy bits on them, mm. it holds on to kids' clothes as well. And like my kids have got, you know, strappy dresses and those mm. kind of things. And so, you know, it kind of keeps everything. But we're gradually I think with our oldest, we're starting, you know, as the hangers are looking a bit tacky or quite often if I do a walkthrough of um, Ikea, they are not sponsoring this podcast, by the way, <laughs> just in case anyone's wondering, I just keep happening to drop them into conversation. But like if I walk through Ikea, I might buy like a pack of eight wooden hangers and then I will swap out eight of Sienna's plastic ones for eight wooden ones. So I don't, I haven't gone out and spent $3,000 on wooden hangers. It's been a process. Not in one go anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, and then I'll just, I'll just swap some over and then next time I'm back, I'll I'll do the same thing because they are there. And that's, I think that's one reason why a lot of people don't have wooden hangers is because they're expensive. So to change an entire wardrobe over. In one go. Yeah, commit. But that's what I do with mine as well. I just did bought a few at a time, and you can buy them at the supermarket. You can buy them everywhere. Wooden hangers. They're not. You don't have to. You know, buy really expensive ones. But with my kids and my husband, they like couldn't care less. And so I've stuck with whatever hangers are hanging around the place. Obviously, I've thrown away all the wire ones. But we use I use plastic for them. For the same reasons that, that you said, Tara, is that, you know, they've got the little hooks on them if need be. And also my family don't care and they don't actually, they're not as inclined as me to overfill their wardrobes. They're just, none of them are clothes orientated at all. And so we actually, they don't have many clothes. And so there's plenty of air in their wardrobe, even with the plastic ones. So that's where, you know, I think they do, the plastic ones do a fine job in their wardrobes. And um, I think my husband would be annoyed by the wooden ones. 
I don't know why, but they're just not him. So it's my side of the wardrobe that's full of wooden ones and no one else's. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. If any of you have uh, heard of the hanger trick to help you sort your clothing while we're on hangers, Mm. this is something you can do as well. Um, When you're putting your items back into your wardrobe, especially this is important for if you've got some of those items that were in that maybe category, like I I think I'll wear Mm. them, I still like them, but don't wear them all the time they're not my favorite you can try hanging the clothes hang all your hangers backwards so at the beginning of the year or the beginning you know when you reorganize your wardrobe put all the hangers backwards so that the hook bit at the top is facing you and then as you wear your clothes and you wash them when you're putting them back in your wardrobe turn the hanger around and face it the other way so that at a glance you can see the clothes that you have worn since you've organised your wardrobe and the ones that haven't been worn. And some people say do it for three months, do it for 12 months, whatever. You might set yourself a a boundary or a limit and say, look, I'll revisit this next year and anything that is still hanging backwards, I know it has been 12 months since I've worn that item, in which case maybe I don't need it. So while we're talking hangers, that's always something you can try. I'm sure there's there's some stuff online about it, so I'll I'll put mm. a summarised version of that little hanger challenge on our in our show notes mm. for this episode. Yeah, that could, that can work quite well. That that one, it's just good for an ongoing thing. Like if you want to declutter in a long, slow way. Mm. One of the things that I wanted to mention as well is that I I asked in our Bound Cluttered community who had questions about um, wardrobe organising, and Lin- Lindy has asked about shoes and and how to store shoes. So I just thought we would just have a quick talk about storing shoes. Um, actually, we probably should talk about storing accessories as well, shouldn't we, Tara? But just quickly because this is getting a long episode. Um, shoes, there's several different ways to store them and a lot of it depends on the space that you've got. So for me, I have a small wardrobe and I don't want to store shoes outside my wardrobe. I don't want to have them anywhere else in the house so I've sort of limit to how many shoes that I can keep and I've got mine in clear shoe boxes that open at the front so and I can move them around and stack them up to suit the space so I've got them underneath my hanging and um, at one end where I've got my long hanging I don't really have any there but then I sort of have them go a little bit higher um, up when it comes to the the other end where I've got more short hanging so that's where I keep mine but other people who've got really high volumes like to keep them even on shelving so that they can see them if you do keep your shoes on shelving have one facing forward and one facing back it can take up slightly less space and it also enables you to see all of the shoe if this is if you've got loads of shoes and you can't tell the difference between them sometimes seeing the heels might help you see the difference between them as well Uh, how do you store your shoes Tara I used to have the plastic clear plastic shoe boxes and I would have um, I remember reading in that question she said that sometimes when you stack them they can slide off each other Mm. and that kind of thing I had I'd bought like a low shelving unit and put it underneath my hanging and then had my plastic shoe boxes stacked up on there but for me it was enough of a barrier <laughs> having to get them out of the shoeboxes that some I just, because I would keep, you know, a shelf with my most worn shoes yeah. and then my other more occasion wear shoes and boots and things like that in the boxes. And it was enough of a barrier for me to have to get them out of there that there were ones that I really loved that I just w- wasn't Never wearing because I was like, oh, I can't be bothered getting them out of the oh, box. Really? <laughs> and 
and they're stacked on each other and that kind of thing. So I swapped only um, the beginning of this year and I bought myself two. They're like, I don't know how to, it's like a little stand and it's got four kind of wire drawers in it. But they're oh. quite large, deep drawers. Maybe I have to put a picture in yeah. our community so people know what I'm talking about. And they fit uh, three or four pairs of shoes per drawer and I bought two of those and okay. I put them under my hanging. So what I've done, I've lined the bottom of the drawer so that the they don't get dusty and also mm. so if there's some dirt on the shoe, on the you know, on the sole of the shoe in the top oh. drawer, it doesn't fall through the basket into the next shoes. And that for me has made a huge difference. I now wear all of my shoes because mm. it's I, I pull the drawer out and they're there. And it's it was a simple change for me. It made it, it made them all more accessible. Like drawers are just great for everything, aren't they? Like it's neat. Like they doesn't have to be neat in the drawer, but when yeah. you close the drawer, it looks neat and <laughs> yeah. tidy. Some people like if you've only got a few pairs of shoes, just a basket that you throw them all in at the bottom of the wardrobe can work as well. Um, there are a lot of people who don't who only have three or four pairs of shoes, and so that you know works quite well for them. Um, obviously, if you've got expensive shoes, you don't want them rolling around because um, they get scuffed and they they get wrecked and and things like that. So. You know, that's a, that's a consideration. But if you really love your shoes and you've got lots of expensive ones, drawers or a dedicated shelf shelving unit is the best way to store your shoes. But I was sort of thinking about the stacking problem. Um, my The ones I've got, the clear shoe boxes that I've got, don't really have a problem with the stacking. But then I realised I haven't stacked them very much. So I've only got them too high in a couple of places. And the rest mm. of them I've got at the bottom of our wardrobe, there's actually a shoe shelf. So I've got some boxes under the shelf and then some boxes on top of the shelf. And then there are shoes that don't live in boxes at all because I don't have enough boxes. I don't know. I think I stopped buying them or something. I can't even remember. But I've got a few that sit out. So my runners, like my Converse's, um, my regular messy work shoes, my Ugg boots, those things, they're, they're sort of just sitting just on the floor um, on the bottom of that shelf. And, and again, like... Don't be afraid to go online and search for some options that work for you or walk around, you know, walk around Howard Storage World, walk around IKEA, walk around department stores and have a look at the some of the options. It doesn't mean you have to buy it, but it might be something that you can go home and then replicate. Look at, you know, if there's there's those backs of door shoe hangers. Now, that wouldn't work for me, but, you know, that might work for you and the amount of space you've got. So just, you know, do do some research and and see if you can find something that makes it easier to to have those items accessible. Mm. I think as well when you're organising and putting your clothes back in, you need to think stock them like a supermarket shelf. We touched on this before, but when you're thinking not just about how easy is it to get out, but also what eye level it's at, put your most used items at your natural eye level at that kind of midpoint, mm. lesser used items towards the top and the bottom just so that you know, it just makes ease of access and, and, you know, getting things in and out, putting things away quicker as well. So the stuff that you're regularly grabbing, yeah. have it handy and close. And yeah, you don't want to be reaching up every single day mm-hmm. at the top of like the highest shelf to get the stuff that you want to wear. Yeah. Um, what about rotating seasons, Beck, when it comes to organising? Yeah, I recently posted on Facebook about this and got a few different opinions. There were some people that 
did rotate their seasons like me and then there were others that didn't do it at all because they had few enough clothes that they didn't need to or they had a whole other wardrobe in the house that they could put their off-season stuff in and they just kept all of their clothes in wardrobes all the time. So rotating seasons means that um, if you live in an area where there are seasons, I mean, obviously, the closer you are to the equator, the less likely you're going to need to do this. But sometimes you can just keep the stuff in your wardrobe that is of the current season, and then you can pack the other stuff away and put it somewhere else, like up really high or in a different room or in the garage or in the roof or something like that. And then you're only sort of having in your wardrobe the current season's worth of clothes. And that's something that I do because, like I said, I don't have a great deal of space in my wardrobe and I have curated it down to the point where there isn't much that I rotate. So I rotate two small boxes a season. So all my my most heavy coats and my thermals go away in winter and then in summer my swimwear and like resort wear and any of the little dresses that I know I won't wear in some in winter they sort of go up there and the boxes are just cardboard boxes that we got from work and um on one side I've written summer clothes and on the other side I've written winter clothes and I just use the same boxes and I just turn them around so that the label is accurate at the the right time of the the season Uh, so that's one of the things that that I do and that's one thing lots of people do in order to keep the volume down in their wardrobe and so it's not quite as jam-packed every season. Yeah, I for me we have um, a cupboard in our hallway which has got all our big winter coats in it and um, stacked at the top of that cupboard on a shelf is any ski gear and mm. ski boots and stuff like that, hats and or like beanies and gloves and stuff for the kids. But my wardrobe has enough space that I have my entire year's mm. worth of clothing in that in that space, which. But yeah, it works for me. There's an there's a, but that's because the room allows it. Mm. I think if I had we had um when we lived in Adelaide, we were renting and we had a much smaller wardrobe and then I had my seasonal stuff out. It was still hanging, but it was yeah, it was hanging in the spare room oh, yeah. in the wardrobe in there and then I would just swap it out, but yeah. Just, just tailor it to your space, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's not a necessity. And if you've got few enough clothes that you can fit them all in the one season, then that's awesome because it's less work for you to do. Uh, and I'm, I'm working on that, but I think I'm happy with the, the two small boxes that I've got. And um, they're actually not even full at the moment of summer gear because I just didn't have enough to put in there. So um, sort of only one and a half boxes for me really at the moment. But I've got one coat that almost fills a whole box. So in winter they're full <laughs> of my big, <laughs> thick, heavy knits. And I'm a, I'm a cold person and so I have big, thick, I have lots of knits. I love knits and um, I have lots of them. So they, they fill it up quite easily. The bonus with swapping seasons too is that you – it forces you to handle those items at least, yeah. you know, once or twice a year. And so then, it, you know, at the end of winter, if you're putting a niche away and you realise it's got a hole in it, you can then go, right, am I going to put this away and fix it when I pull it out? Probably not. Do I, can I be bothered fixing it now? No, okay, I'll let it go now. And it kind of forces you to evaluate those items as you're moving them from current season to off season. Yeah. Um, so that can be really handy to kind of keep your... Yeah. decluttering or you know maintain your decluttered state yeah I do and I do that I just when whenever I'm rotating seasons and I'm just sort of going through all of the stuff to see whether or not it can go off season or not uh, I will say to myself oh I didn't wear this last summer 
if I didn't wear it last summer, I'm not going to wear it next summer. It can go. And so just it leaves. And um, or when I'm bringing things back in, I'll ask the same question, you know, did I actually wear that last season? And uh, if I didn't, then it usually goes. Brilliant. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up our wardrobe organising, doesn't it? Yep, I think so. So what we would get you to do this week, instead of our usual challenge, because for the month of June we're exploring wardrobes, we would love you to have a look today, maybe try that weeding technique that Beck was saying. If there's some really obvious items in your wardrobe, like my pair of stripy jeans that you're, you've fallen out of love with, consider taking a few of those things out or if you've got items in there that are a bit big for you or a bit small for you you don't think you'll get back in some of the easy obvious items start making a move to declutter them and also while you're there check out your wire hangers and whether you could get rid of a few of those thanks for joining us if you've enjoyed listening we'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all of your friends about us so they too can be uncluttered If you would like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or via Facebook and Instagram or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.